Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another edition of Fade the Public. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me, because I've yet to file my restraining order on him, is Mr. Ryan Morrison. Technically, I still am 500 yards away, so go fuck yourself. Eh, details, details. <laughs> we are back. It is uh, Spooktober. Happy October, Ian. It's officially fall. It's still 100 fucking degrees in South Carolina, but... Uh, uh, it is supposed to be 92 degrees in the swamp of Washington, D.C. tomorrow. Uh, fun fact, a lot of people don't know this. The reason that the, the phrase is drain the swamp is because D.C. was literally built on a swamp. But, you know, um, global warming's a myth. Uh... No, it's actually global cooling. I only get my news from the 1970s. And, you know, I feel like the Soviet Union might be a problem. Well, you know, I guess if you, if you look at it from the standpoint that, uh, that um, you know, you can't blame extra cold. You can't say extra cold winters are, are the reason global warming is not true. You have to look at the same stance and say that 100 degree days in early October also are not an indication of global warming. So in reality, we reject all facts and it's all made up. Well, uh, it's actually very funny is that the same people who will say that it's dumb when people say global warming's a myth when they see snow outside are also the people that whenever there's a heat wave are like, see, this is proof that global warming's a problem. <laughs> it's, and that's how you know that that's not a person worth acknowledging because they clearly don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, um, well, I'm going to try not to... Personally, I look forward to crippling our economy so that we can uh, save a few islands in the Atlantic or some shit. Yeah, you um, know. <laughs> that and all the whatever. fresh water and the dolphins are... Who gives a shit? I'm going to be dead by the time uh, yeah, it matters let's anyway. Make that... Let's make that autistic Swedish teenage girl happy. They, uh, what's her name, Greta? Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Ah, uh, Greta. But the uh, having this fun little uh, offshoot, we're about to get into this week's events, uh, starting with the NCAA. And as as it's a question that was asked by the AP. Dropping Clemson from one to two. Is Clemson overrated this year? Um, you know what? I'll let, I've taken my stance, but let's let's hear your viewpoint, and, and I'll, I'll add my, my little tidbits, and then I'm going to counterpoint you. I will say that Clemson is not as good as they were last year, but they are still clearly the best team in the ACC, and they can still compete for a national championship. They still have one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, one of the best no. wide receivers in the league. Okay. Okay. But continue. Are, I'm sorry. Are you saying Trevor Lawrence is not one of the top five quarterbacks in no. the league? No. No. Eight touchdowns, five picks. Come on, dude. That's not good. That's not good. I'm sorry. Against Charlotte, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech are three of the five teams he's played. I mean, come on. No. He hasn't been good. He threw two picks against Syracuse. He threw two picks against fucking Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech couldn't stop a JV football team. That's why. It's because he's throwing them 
willy-nilly because he doesn't have to fucking... He's not worried about losing to these teams. See, but, but I think if he was a top-five quarterback, he wouldn't be making these mistakes. So, sophomore slump, I feel like he drank the fucking Kool-Aid all summer, and that's fine, but my counterpoint is maybe the ACC, specifically North Carolina, is better than we all thought. Are you fucking kidding me? It maybe. Makes, maybe. I am far more maybe. willing to say that Clemson is trash than saying that this team is better than we thought. Maybe maybe they, UNC is better than we thought. I'm going to say their non-conference win. win-loss record just throughout the conference is fucking atrocious. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I, I think that Pittsburgh's win over UCF might have been the only t- the only win by a non-Clemson team over a team outside of the uh, uh, by an ACC team uh, in uh, non-conference game. Uh, 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 uh. Who did UNC beat beginning of the year? Who did UNC beat? South Carolina, who beat the shit out of Kentucky on Saturday night. Okay, so South Carolina doesn't suck. They're not great, but they don't suck. UVA goes oh, on the sorry. UVA oh, yeah, goes right. on the, the road. To, UVA goes on the road to Notre Dame and hangs with them. Look, I fucking hate the ACC as much as the next guy. I hope they lose every out of conference game they play, and I hope they don't put anybody in the playoff. But you have to look at the facts and look at what you've seen so far this year. Duke hanging forty-two on Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's like not Virginia Tech not might great. be the worst team in the conference. Virginia this Tech's year. not great, but that I mean, but to go into Dwayne Stadium and score forty-two, I don't know. Maybe Duke's better than we thought. You're basing this off of old images of uh, of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, I think they might be winless this year. Actually, no. The only team they've beaten is Old Dominion this year. And the saying that they're competitive is ridiculous. Saying that Pittsburgh and UNC are better than I thought, that's fair because I thought that they were utter dog shit. Saying that they're mediocre is fine, but they're also probably two or three of the best teams in the conference. The second best team in the conference clearly seems to be Virginia. Clemson is still far and away better than any of the other teams in the conference, if if not just on a coaching and talent level. And just because they were drinking the Kool-Aid coming in doesn't mean that this surprise against UNC, where it's actually close isn't going to shock the system and actually motivate them to get their asses in gear. But, I mean, Miami got got just dick-kicked by Florida in the first week, and Florida didn't have a quarterback. The I mean, it's... The ACC is a bad conference. They are the worst conference of the Power Five. And just because they were able to beat... UNC was able to beat the 10th best team in the fucking SEC does not mean that that suddenly makes them a good conference. Look, I'm just saying... I'm just saying... I think we should, I think we should, uh, we should feel them out here. Wake Forest is also ranked. They were, on, they were idle this week. So you got you got three ranked teams in there. You got you got uh, you got Clemson. You got UVA. You got you got Wake Forest. I don't know. Give him a shot, man. I'm just saying. Wake Forest is now the third best yes, team. Yes, Wake Forest, conference. baby. That's all you need rank, to know. Rank when the Demon the Deacons, you cowards. Wake Forest was relevant. Uh, the last when? time they were when relevant. When was the last oh, time been, Wake Forest decades. was relevant in any sport? It's been decades. It's been decades. 
But here we are. The answer is Tim Duncan in the 90s was the last time they were relevant uh-uh. in Chris, any Chris sport. Chris Paul. You had Chris Paul in the early 2000s, 2005. West Virginia beat them to go oh. to the Elite Eight. Remember that? My apologies. Yeah. Get it fucking right. So, anyway. All right. You know, um, I think we beat this into the ground, but uh, we'll see. I think Clemson's a little overrated, but I think the ACC's a little stronger than we may expect it to be. Being actually better than all the group of five conferences is, while it's a good it's a good thing, that doesn't make it a good conference. And we're probably going to have this argument consistently throughout the rest of the season. That's fine. I mean, I'll be the first to jump ship and say the ACC sucks when we get to that point. But until then, I think we, we got to feel them out a little bit in here in midseason. Okay. And on the note of conferences sucking, let's go ahead and talk about how the Pac-12 has decided that no one is going to make it to the playoff. It is week five coming up, I believe. Yes. Or week six. And it's already, there already is not an undefeated team left in the Pac-12. Even if, even if Cal or um, Washington or or Utah were to run the table, they're not going to get in. So... We can go ahead and count them out, which is good. Um, you know, it's not like we and were really counting them in. And the thing is that they probably aren't going to run the table either. It's probably going to be a situation where the winner of the conference is ten and two or ten and three at the end of the season. And it's they're going to be pissing and moaning about why don't we have an eight team playoff when in reality they can't seem to build a pro no one in there can seem to build a program strong enough to just actually be better than all of the other teams in their conference. And I think too what you're going to see is that I don't think they'll even get anybody in the top eight. I think you're going to see a lot of what we've got right now kind of hovering around mid mid fifteen twenty. Um, you know, with them kind of cannibalizing each other going down the stretch. So, uh, you know, I don't think they'll, they'll, the Pac-12 won't even have an argument for that 18 playoff. And I think, you know, and we'll, take, we'll talk about this here with conference champion, with conference outlooks, um, you know, almost halfway through the season, one-third of the way through the season. But, uh, um, you know, it's going to be an SEC three, you know, if the SEC gets three teams in or – one of the SEC big three gets left out, you know, that's where that 18 playoff is going to come up in conversation, but not with the fucking Pac-12. Yeah, no, without question, it will not be because of the Pac-12. Because I would argue that the SEC West probably has three of the top six teams in the country. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, LSU, waiting for the third. Yeah, I don't know. I'm iffy on Auburn. They did go in and just absolutely beat the shit out of out of uh, Mississippi State, but none of their wins have been super duper impressive. Oregon isn't that great. Um, they won at Texas A&M, good win there, but I, you know Texas A&M really struggled against Arkansas last weekend. Um, so, kind of makes you wonder how good that A&M team really is. Mississippi State also not that great. I think. Uh, we looked at them as a strong opponent again, like with Kansas State. Kansas State goes on the road to um, the House of Gundy and, and kind of lays an egg. I think they kind of put got put back uh, to where we expected them to be. So I don't know. I think uh, Auburn's got a test this weekend uh, at Florida, um, and then I think we'll really know how good they are when they they have a three game stretch at LSU, 
versus Ole Miss, and then they get Georgia at home mid-November. Mid, uh, so we're getting into the gauntlet here with Auburn. Um, so I, I don't think – I think they're the third best in the West, but uh, these next few games could prove me wrong. I, I think that they definitely are the third best in the West, but they that's still – Grant, maybe they're uh, Georgia's probably better than them. So saying they're they're in the top six of the country is probably a bit much. But I mean, we can just do conference outlook right now. Pac twelve, the conference champions, irrelevant because it, they're not going to make the playoff. But uh, it probably looks like Washington to me. Is but it, that's one where it's just impossible because the fucking. Uh, Arizona State, the Fighting Herm Edwards, are four and one, or three or four and one, and coming in having just knocked off Cal on the road, a ranked Cal team. I mean USC, no one knows what's going on with them. Uh, Mike Leach's Washington State Cougars are just all over the place. Like it's just such an unpredictable conference. Oh, and by the way, but Oregon, Oregon's, that, Oregon's still in there too. Hey, don't forget about them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a clusterfuck. Um, it could be any of those teams, honestly. I think like we talked about cannibalization of that of that conference. It, you know, I, I have no idea. I have no. I haven't done my due diligence on Pac-12 after dark. Uh, right now, I'm just you know I'm just gonna go out here and and, and fucking say it. Um, probably gonna be uh, Cal because why not? Cause fuck it. Cause fuck I'll it. stick with my pick of Utah at this point, but. Washington looked the most impressive as far as I can tell. Granted, I haven't seen Cal play yet. ACC, I don't think there's really any change from my all my predictions there. Um, yeah, no, if Clemson, if Clemson fucks this up, then they I think, are... I think we'll all be surprised if that happens. Yep. Um, the only question is whether or not they stay undefeated and maintain their uh, claim to the playoff. Uh I think that the Big Ten is gonna. It's just gonna be a, a matchup between uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's look good. Um, I mean, I mean, they obviously kicked the shit in. Um, they obviously kicked Michigan shit in. Struggled against Northwestern, but like they always seem to do. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it. I think Wisconsin and, and Michigan or Wisconsin and Ohio State are are solely in the driver's seat there. Ohio State looks. Really, Ohio good. State looks like the best team in the country right yeah. now, uh, and it pains yeah. me to say that. But and granted, like they haven't played the best teams up to this point. But my God, I'm not sure if they've put up less than sixty points yet this season. It's been uh, 45, 42, 51, 76, and forty eight to go into Nebraska. You know they hyped that game up all week in Lincoln, and to go into Lincoln and just kick the living dog shit out of Scott Frost on Scott Frost Day. Just, I, I think. I think it was like was thirty-eight statement. to nothing at halftime. Yeah, just it a was statement embarrassing. game. Statement game. Although that being said, I didn't think Nebraska was that good going into that game. I think that I didn't understand why they had been ranked the week before, but the that was just an that was a woodshed game right there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Nebraska's that good, but I think that was one of those situations where game day was like. Where else are we going to go this week? You know, <laughs> so I, don't I mean, know. I feel like there were better choices, but I guess like that's an excuse to go back to Nebraska. They can't do a Notre Dame game two weeks in a row. They could have gone out to Washington; that would have been pretty neat. But those West Coast games are always tough because the West Coast crowd has to wake up at 
you know, five o'clock in the morning. It's dark. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So I think they try to avoid those those games when they uh, when they have to. And let's look at Washington's schedule because they have they could have another game coming up. Oh, I bet they'll go there for Oregon. Uh, in probably. Two, in two weeks because if you look at that schedule, that's week seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Florida State at Clemson. That's not a good game. Oklahoma at Texas, but they won't go to that because that's on Fox. It's a noon kickoff, so they won't go to they won't go to Texas. They've already been to Wisconsin. I don't know. I think that there's a good chance that they go to the Red River rivalry because they're the only two teams that are even relevant in the Big Ten and Big Twelve, and that's a good way of going into it. I don't see anyone knocking off Oklahoma this year. Oklahoma is just so much better oh, than shucks. every other team in the I'm Big looking, Twelve. I'm looking at the wrong week. Week eight. Yeah, they'll probably go. They'll either go there or LSU. Week eight is what we're looking at. Michigan at Penn State. I don't know if they'll do another Michigan game. Oregon at Washington is is the best game that week. Yeah, by a mile. So I'm I'm sure that's what they're that's what they're saving up for. So. Uh, unless we come out and kick the living dog shit out of Texas, I mean, maybe they'll go to West Virginia, Oklahoma. <laughs> but uh, that would be the wildest <laughs> turn of events I've ever seen. We end up getting our dicks kicked in by Missouri, and then just go on a tear. Go on a tear. Of- we'll get to that in a little bit. I've got I got a few key, key choice words and some keys to the game, but uh, we'll we'll look at that later. But back on track, um, SEC. Uh, you know, I think Big Ten we covered. SEC, I think, is is actually let's let's do the SEC last. Let's go to the Big Twelve. What do you think there? I think I I pretty much just said everything I need to say. Oklahoma is basically in the Clemson position, but in a conference that actually has a few decent teams. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I picked Iowa State as kind of a dark horse. They've been close, um, but didn't you know losing that game to Baylor really really puts them back. Baylor off to a sneaky four and zero start. Um, maybe take over that dark horse role, but. Oklahoma State losing at Texas kind of puts them behind the eight ball. Um, they could maybe get you know sneak their way in with a, with a win at Bedlam, and, and winning out. But um, yeah, I think Oklahoma is is solely in the driver's seat, and I think you're going to see a, a Texas team um, uh, go down this weekend, and and uh, I think you're going to see a Texas team that struggles a little bit to, to find a few more wins this season. So. Um, yeah, I think it's Oklahoma. I will clearly. say I I would be surprised if Texas does end up winning the Red River game, uh, just because Oklahoma seems to have some d- trouble against them. That, it's a, that's always the a that's always a crapshoot, you know. Throw the record books yeah. out the window kind of game. So hard to tell. No love lost. Yeah, no love lost. They hate each other. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, who would have guessed? The um, and then uh, for the Big Ten, we said, did you say uh, who did you think was going to end up pulling it out? I think uh, it's probably Ohio. Yeah, State. Ohio State for sure. Um, that's that's who I'm 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 still on Ohio State there. Uh, I guess switching over from Michigan. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, no, I abandoned Michigan after that fucking Wisconsin yep. blowout. Yep. Um, the SEC, I think, is the most interesting. Is the is the most interesting coming down the stretch here. Um, how shocking I know I love I love how there was that like five year period where people like I don't know maybe the Big Ten's the best conference now (laughs) they always do that it always fucking happens it's and and I think it's driven by ESPN because I think they want to make sure they get their ratings in that people actually watch those Big Ten games because if those teams weren't Uh ranked I'm not fucking watching any Big Ten football it is so boring like could you imagine if that Wisconsin game was like was like a 
three and two Wisconsin or Wisconsin Michigan was like a three and two Wisconsin and a and a two and three Michigan. Like, who gives a no. shit? You know, like I get well, that they're, like, they're the undefeated. Only team that's, uh, the only two teams that are ever any fun to watch are Penn State usually has some like explosive running back or quarterback. Yep. And then Ohio State, but I hate watching Ohio State because I fucking hate that school. Yep. They are the biggest assholes in the country. Yep. Trademark and that D. It, it pisses me off watching them win because they Oh, I'm I'm about to launch into a rant because I fucking hate Ohio State. I lived on the border of Ohio growing up, and all these fucking assholes would brag about how much better Ohio State was than West Virginia. No fucking shit. You have the biggest college, in fact, the only relevant college, a state college. It is the largest enrollment in the country, and it is in, I believe it's the sixth most populous state in the country, and you're the only place anyone's going to go in that state. Meanwhile, West Virginia has literally... It literally almost has fewer people in the entire state than the college town of Columbus has in the metropolitan area. And yet they have the nerve to sit there and pretend like it's even remotely fair. The idea that they just get to recruit all of these people for the longest time. And it's like, well, I mean... No one, like, we're clearly the better team. It's like, no fucking shit. You've got all the money, all the, all the resources, all the students around you. No shit you're better. The fact that there's any chance of competitiveness between you and most other schools is mind-boggling to me. Tell us how you really feel, buddy. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, sixth most populous state. You've got all kinds of resources. Like, it's, it's, it's not even apples-apples comparison, so why even have the conversation? That's what, you know, it's, I, I lived in Zanesville for a short period of time when, and had a place in Columbus, and they were just fucking eat up with it. The whole V, you know, the Ohio State University. Congratulations. You know, Congra- yes, Antonio yes, Holmes you are might the- be my least Ohio State University. Congratulations. Santonio Holmes may be my least favorite football player of all time because of that and the fact that he led the Steelers. He was responsible for the Steelers winning another Super Bowl. Which the combination what, of those two What, what things, pulls more weight in that in that statement? Honestly, I don't know. It's tough. Because having to listen to every Ohio State person say THE Ohio State from now until eternity makes me want to punch a fucking wall. <laughs> well, at least it didn't get, it didn't get trademarked, so um, the walls are safe for now. Um, you'll have to find another reason to punch a wall like, uh, I don't know. Cocaine? Yeah, cocaine or, or um, Monster Energy or BANG Energy Drinks. Yep. So, anyway. But anyway, down to the uh, SEC. Yep. Where it's – Georgia's easily going to be winning the East. Their biggest test was against Notre Dame, and it's surprising that Notre Dame might actually be a good team this year, but I think that loss against Georgia is going to cost them. And unless they go undefeated the rest of the way. Somehow, somehow, Florida is still relevant in that race. Somehow. 
Well, that's always how it is. Georgia is, and Florida are the only two teams in the East that are ever fucking relevant because the rest of the East is South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri. There were a couple years where Missouri was winning the fucking East. That's right, baby. how terrible the East was for a few years. That's right. Chase Daniel. And then, yeah. So, yeah. Those are the people they're competing with. And I may have forgotten somebody, but guess what? It doesn't fucking matter because the East is irrelevant outside of Georgia and Florida. Correct. And now that Georgia is actually back and clearly relevant, the idea that they're not going to make it is a ludicrous notion. They're going to Atlanta in December, and the only question is whether or not they'll be able to beat whoever the West sends. The West, however, is far more interesting because I'm, I would not be surprised if the Iron Bowl and then Alabama LSU and Auburn LSU ends up being a sort of like uh, give and take where everybody kind of alternates and there's that three-way tie and they need to figure out what the fuck's going on and who actually gets to go to the championship game because of it you know if that happens i think that's where you get into this whole like clusterfuck where you've got three sec teams i mean honestly like if that happens if you've got auburn with one loss to alabama you've got alabama with one loss to lsu and you've got lsu with one loss to auburn you're looking at three one loss teams in the west georgia rolls in undefeated and loses in the championship game to whoever wins the West and breaks that tiebreaker, how do you not put all four teams in? How do you look at that? How do you look at that situation and leave out and, and leave out any of those four teams? How do you do it? Exactly. I, like, and, and obviously it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but not that much of a stretch. No. Be, that is be, not be, a ridiculous thing to happen at all. Because the other teams you're looking at are a one-loss Notre Dame, assuming they can get they can get through the rest of their schedule. They've got a couple more tough games on there. So you've got a one-loss Notre Dame. You've got an undefeated Clemson. I think you have to leave Clemson out. I think you have to. I think you have to leave Clemson out. I think you get a four-team SEC playoff and i think that will be the straw they would never do that. no i think that'll be that, the straw that i think that'll be the straw just... that'll be the straw that breaks yep. the camels back and they and they say okay fuck this we're going to eight teams next year because this no, sucks. i think it'll go the uh, i think it'll go the other way that everyone will be pissed off that cl- the clearly best teams didn't get in because you put in an undefeated clemson an undefeated oklahoma and an undefeated ohio state and the only one that looks like it deserves to be there is the undefeated Ohio State. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole point of it. Like, what I, my conversation, my whole argument right there, like, I, I forgot about Ohio State. I forgot about Oklahoma. Just assuming they don't even make it, right? So if they're in that mix, who the fuck do you leave out? You have to leave the SEC teams out because they didn't, quote, unquote, win their conference, right? Yeah. That, that has to be the way that you do it. Yeah. And, I mean, I... The big question then comes: What happens if the if either Oklahoma or Tech or Ohio State doesn't or Clemson don't get the win, don't go undefeated? Then they're the conference champion, but they are also don't they've lost to an inferior opponent compared to who the SEC team would have lost. Clemson to. Clemson loses; they're out. Ohio State yes, loses without question. Ohio State loses to they have to it would have to be Wisconsin in the regular season and then they'd have to beat them in the 
uh, championship. That's yeah, I think the only if, way I think that... if you, yeah, yeah, because because the the thing about the playoff that kind of sucks, and what it where it differs then with basketball is that you you're it's a recency bias, right? So like losing yep. a game late is detrimental. Yeah, it's detrimental. Like you can blow a game early in the season. Like if Oklahoma loses to Texas next week, I don't think they're out. Now they got a tough road in, but I don't think they're out. I think you can look at that and say, no, okay, definitely. rivalry game against Texas, they lost by a touchdown. You know, they didn't get blown out. Okay, I don't think you're out. You win the Big 12, who gives a shit? But, but you know, uh, if they lose to Oklahoma State in Bedlam and Oklahoma State's ranked the same as Texas, they're out. They won't make it in. No way. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm – I'm really hoping this is the season where we can just look at it and say the system is still broken. We need an 18 playoff, and and that's the end of that. Well, the interesting thing about the way we were looking at it too is even if you did it where it was like the five power five conference champions and then three out large bids, would you have to throw out one as like an automatic group of five team gets in too? Because if so, then you'd be still be leaving out one of the SEC teams. Yeah, yeah, but at that point, I think at that point, it'd be a little easier. And this is my whole point of like people saying, like, well, you're still going to argue about who's in and who's out. But there's a big difference between arguing about eight and, eight and nine and, and four and five, right? There's a huge difference between those two teams, in my opinion. Yeah. So, but I, I think... Well, I think that's sort of what the argument was from just the game being picked to going to the four-team playoff. Because the, and the biggest problem with that was always, and it's sort of the, th- the complaint that UCF had, is you can't leave out undefeated teams. No. I, I realized that UCF pro- probably wasn't as good as Alabama or Clemson that season. No, but, but, but I think just, it makes it so much more interesting, too. Like, yeah. I, college football has almost gotten boring, and, like, you see players sitting out in bowl games and shit – because those games, like, don't, don't mean they don't fucking matter anymore. You know, like, nope. other than if you're not in the top four, those games don't really mean anything. Literally just make it so that every team gets rid of one of their non-conference games. And then they, and so the regular season is shorter for everybody, except for the teams that get in the playoffs. I think you go, I mean, in an ideal so world, the, you go to 16 games, right? And I think you go... You go the first game, you know, you, you have you play it similar to like baseball where the high seed, the, you know, the f- top eight seeds get to host a home game, right? And then in the next games, you get your typical bowl game. So if you if you win that first playoff game, you get to go to like one of the New Year's six, quote unquote. You could call it the New Year's eight. So the way this is how I would structure it anyway. So you, you go um, – you know, you have conference championships first weekend of December, last weekend of November. Uh, first weekend of December, conference championships. Two weeks off, the weekend before Christmas, you play that game, right? You play that first-round playoff game with 16 teams to get to eight. After that, you get two more weeks off. You play right around New, New Year's for those New Year's eight bowls. And all the other teams can play in between there, you know, right? You'll have these teams that make bowls that want to get in and, you know, go practice. Cool, whatever. New Year's Eight play, and then you get your, uh, and then the next week, um, you get a week to prepare for the for the final four, and then you get a week to prepare for, uh, 
a week and a half to prepare for the championship. They do the championship on Monday. I think that's how you do it. You stretch it out. The kids aren't playing that much more football. It's yeah, and I agree with you. Honestly, if you got rid of one of the, the if you got rid of one of the regular season games, you just move rivalry weekend from Thanksgiving weekend to the weekend before. Right? And then that also gets rid of one of those dumb fucking cupcake games that isn't that has no point to it anyway. The only point it has is that occasionally like one team in the Power 5 loses to this no-name dinky FCS school or like no-name FBS school that just joined the FBS like two years ago. Yep. That happens like once a year, maybe once every two years. You just don't get that anymore. And frankly, having the playoff set up well is more important to me than having that one event. Absolutely. And at 16 teams, like you're going to get like every conference champion gets a bid and then you get a few at-larges, right? So you get 10, you get 10 automatic bids. So you win your conference, you're in and you get six at-large bids. That's fair. I think that's fair. I don't see how I, so, yeah. I, I don't see how else how else you could cut it up to make it any more fair than that. And then the playoff rankings still matter. One through twenty-five still fucking matters because you want to get seated correctly, especially that eight or nine slot where you're you're basically getting picked for a home game, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. so there's there's reasons to play hard. There's reasons to look good. And I think too, um, you know maybe. Uh, uh, I guess you couldn't change seating, but I was going to go down this path where the rankings would update all the way through the end because essentially you'd try to have – it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. The rankings would matter, though, coming into that first weekend because you get an extra home game, right? Extra mm-hmm. revenue for your fans. Fans can come yep. to the fucking game. Yep. So, anyway, I think we beat the okay. shit out of college now, football. We, we really did. We need to rush through some uh, some NFL. So, talk. so good good news so, for good news for our listeners. I didn't watch the first fucking snap of NFL on Sunday, so I'll let you give your rundown, Ian. But I, I don't have I have no, almost any no input. I was at a NASCAR race getting my redneck on. So um, proud of you. Yes. Okay, so I'll try and uh, rush through this quickly. Uh, Bills and Lions seem to actually be competitive. I think the Bills. Uh, in Patriots game, I think those are probably the two best defenses in the league this year. Uh, the fa- the Patriots are had uh, the it hasn't been very no- noticeable this year, but because they've played just garbage teams. But the Patriots always treat the first few games sort of as an extended preseason. And that almost came back to bite them against this Buffalo team. And if they didn't have arguably the best defense in the league, then I think that it would have. Uh, but Buffalo's legit, and I think that they've definitely got a uh, a wild card berth. That was going to be my their, question. What, what, what you, do you think they, they've earned a, a wild card designation already this year? I think they will, especially they still have two more games against Miami. They have another game against New York Jets. They haven't played Washington, I don't believe. They haven't played uh, the Steelers and Mason Rudolph, and that's going to be a massacre. Mason Rudolph trying to throw against that secondary. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's not great. <laughs> so, yeah. so. Mason Rudolph is garbage. That's, that's, I am relieved to know that the Bengals are still the worst team in that division because they just decided, who needs an offensive line? I mean, why would you ever need an offensive line? Um, Speaking of the Bengals, um, kind of related, I guess he doesn't play for them anymore. Vontaze perfect. Done or finished? 
Uh, well, he was actually going to be my dumpster fire of the week. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll cover that in a was, little bit. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, so on the note of the Bengals, uh, I think that there are five teams actively competing for the first overall pick. I believe it's the Dolphins, the Jets, the Broncos, the Redskins, and the Bengals. The Broncos, Who do you think ends up getting the Broncos the number one overall pick? I mean, it's going to be the fucking Dolphins. <clears throat> the Broncos are, yeah. are sneakily zero and four, but I, I mean, I'm in a I'm in a survivor pool right now in one of my fantasy football leagues because you know it's about the only thing going for me in that fantasy football league. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but. Uh, um, I've legit just picked against the Dolphins every week. Hundred percent. And my hundred percent. Yep. Just like like there's four of us doing it, and we're just going to continue to pick that Dolphins game until we can't pick the Dolphins game anymore. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be the uh, the next. It's gonna be one of the divisional games where it's the second time against them. Yep. Yep. You can't pick but them anymore. The, it's the only question I would have is whether or not you pick the Dol- the Jets over the Dolphins, because if uh, Sam Darnold is coming off of mono still, like they have a d- and they're uh, that defensive player. I think is Courtney Upshaw. I think. I don't uh, remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember exactly who it is. But the uh, without that middle linebacker that got hurt in week one, that defense isn't nearly as strong as it was. It was starting to look, and that's kind of rough. I think it's easily the Dolphins. The Bengals had looked good before yesterday, and I think that if that offensive line can't get better, then the Bengals are all on their way. But the Redskins have been garbage. I think that they are probably to the second overall pick. Then it's going to be the uh, Bengals. I think that the Broncos will probably come in at fifth, at fourth, and probably only get their wins because they'll have the occasional play by Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. Uh, and then the Jets have basically two guaranteed wins because they're in the same division as the Dolphins. Yep. So that's the main reason I'm I'm picking them, and I think Sam Darnold's is good enough to be able to pull a couple wins out of his ass. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are literally three teams that end up going, that getting two wins or less this year. Is there any kind of tiebreaker? How's that work up at the top when you have a bunch of teams kind of tied there for, like, Same way as the playoffs. Okay. Same idea. Okay. Um, So we have the three... Uh, rookie the the two rookies and the second year player in Danny Dimes leading another win over the Redskins. Uh, it's nice, but it's not that impressive because it was over the Redskins. I think that it's going to be much more interesting, uh, not this coming week, but the following week when he has to go against that Patriots defense that has gotten multiple interceptions every game this season. Um, then. The Gardner Minshew, Gardner Mania, has been uh, going. He That last-minute drive to kick the field goal to win, the, um, created the 2-2 two two, uh, situation for the entire AFC South, where that is the conference, uh, that is the division everyone would have predicted would go 2-2, two two, because it fucking always seems like it. You never know what to expect, because... 
The Texans are the most talented team, but they don't want to fucking win. The Titans, you never know what you're getting with them. The Jaguars somehow got Gardner fucking Minshew. And then Jacoby Brissett is actually managing to keep the Colts generally afloat. But that is that division is just un, unpredictable beyond words. Um, your boy Kyle Allen led another win. Uh, but the I think that... They they have potential because of how much talent they have to actually win the division. But if the Saints continue what they're doing with Teddy Bridgewater, where that defense has really stepped up the last couple weeks, I think that it's going to be hard for anyone besides the Saints to win that. The Falcons suck. Uh, um, the Buccaneers were very surprising this weekend. I don't know what to I make of that I think the Buccaneers' game. offense might actually – they have the – one of their linebackers has – nine sacks already and their offense is finally starting to click i think that they i wouldn't be surprised if they made a run that nobody was expecting at the start of the season i i mean i, I they're just i just don't know what to make of it because yeah, yeah like they, they scored what 54 points 55 points they gave up 40 they gave up 40 points yeah. yeah so yeah but that's also against the rams which is probably one of the top five offenses in the league. True. True. So, you know, little asterisk there. It's not like they were playing the Dolphins and gave up 40 points. But I don't know. Yep. Um, Allen, I, I, I saw some highlights from the game. He, I, I've heard he's been very solid. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to see us get a couple more wins before I jump on the train that we could maybe win the AFC South. So, um, that, that does well, seem wide the open. NFC South, so Other that than the Falcons, it does seem hard wide open. to win the AFC South. I mean, the NFC South. Yeah, so. the Falcons yeah. are... I don't even know what's going on in there. Um, and then, so we can launch right into the dumpster fire of the week. How is Vontez Perfect even allowed to play in the fucking league anymore? I don't know. Did you see that fucking... <laughs> yeah. Did you see that hit he yeah. had on Jack? <laughs> that, he was like fucking headbutting it. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. You, you got to, like, wonder, like, you, you know, you want to give defensive players, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, man, like, you know, no problem. No big deal. You know, like, it's fine. Um, you, you're just playing football. No, but, like, that was just the dirty. Perfect, it was just dirty. The perfect example of giving the defensive player the benefit of the doubt is the Patriots-Bills uh, game with Josh Allen where it was a bang-bang play, and it you could easily go either way, but you want to cut slack to the defensive player because of how things have gone and how hard it is to try and tackle. But this is not that. This was one of the most blatant going out of your way to try and injure the other player, and the idea that any team will sign him after this is sickening because I know that they will, and I just I can't imagine... Anyone in the locker room being okay with someone that is just openly trying to hurt players on the other team? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see him getting signed. <laughs> um, I, I think it's one of those situations where um, it's it's like it's not like people don't want him because he's fucking talented. There's a reason he was like been on other teams before, but um, it's going to be one of those situations where you know. He almost gets blackmailed, kind of like um, or blackballed, I guess. Similar, I would compare it like very similar to like the Colin Kaepernick situation, 
where Kaepernick caused such a fucking off-the-field problem and went and created this media hive around him. Um, for right or wrong, I'm not, you know, disagreeing with his movement, but, um, you know, I feel like he got blackballed from the NFL, not because of his race, not because of, like, he wasn't talented enough. Like, the guy causes a distraction in the locker room, and it's not worth it's not worth having him on your roster. He's not that valuable. Sort of, sort of like the old Michael Sam situation. Yeah, same idea. Exactly. Well, I will say that something that always pisses me off about the Colin Kaepernick thing is that he opted out of a deal in order to go into free agency and side of that media hive and turned down a deal from the Denver Broncos, so he can go fuck himself. Yeah, it's the not like teams aren't letting him play. Yeah, the idea that he got blackballed is ridiculous. Teams offered him stuff, offered him uh, contracts, and then he was just saying "fuck you" to them outright. And people were like, "Why isn't he in the league?" It's because he doesn't want to be in the league because he's going to make more money off of an endorsement deal and not get his head taken off by a free safety. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> That, that's yeah. the thing that always pissed me off about that is that it was such a calculated and clear move yeah. that he did that when he was benched because he wasn't good enough to start for that team. And that's when he decides to make this his movement. If you want to make one of the players the face of that uh, movement, they should make it Malcolm Jenkins because he actually seems to give a shit and for some, about someone other than himself. And he actually seems to sincerely care about movements like that. Colin Kaepernick seems like a selfish prick. Well, you said it, not me. <laughs> when, when this blows up, uh, I will go on record and say I 100% agree with you. Um, it was definitely a calculated move and, and you know, maybe not quite fair to compare with the Vontaze Perfect situation. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But maybe Antonio Brown is a better a better example of a guy that'll never play in the league, not because he's oh yeah, not because he's like you know not talented, but because the guy's just a fucking distraction. You oh know? yeah, good to know they were both on the Raiders this year. Yeah, you know you have a problem when Vontez Perfect is is holding you back from going to the coach. Yeah, yeah when he's the voice of reason yeah. at one point. Yeah, Vontez. Uh, so yeah. go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, if if we're done with this, I want to know what your dumpster fire of the week is. My dumpster fire of the week is my hairline. So, uh, oh no, it's been well documented that uh, I have uh, early male pattern baldness. Um, I've been watching slowly, watching my uh, my hairline uh, recede and recede and recede, and uh, no one's really noticed it. Everyone's like, oh yeah, it doesn't look that bad. Like your hair looks fine. I got a haircut on Friday, went out with my friends, and uh, I took off my hat. And the first comment I got from one of my friends was, man, your hair, buddy. And I was just like, motherfucker, it's starting. Oh, yikes. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal because, you know, I have, I have other friends like my age that like are losing their hair, but they can grow like a full beard. And I don't know if, if you know... God just decided to punish me and not allow me to grow facial hair, but it's I've definitely been a late bloomer on the facial hair front. So I, I have a feeling I'm going to have a couple years here where I can't grow hair on the top or the bottom of my face. 
So uh, that's rough. So we're we're going down the pathway. I'm uh, I'm, I'm evaluating uh, the best the best move and, and when to really uh, just shave it all off because that's that's all you can do. Um, just gotta have to dive into it. Yeah. Or you could turn it into just like an inside joke where you let it grow out on the sides and then make that like comically comb over where it's clearly fake. Just as a as an open joke. The problem the problem with that is my hair is so fucking curly that I can't comb over anything. Like I like it wouldn't oh. be such a big issue like right now. Like it's not receding that bad. Like if my hair was straight, that I could just grow it out and kind of like swoop it down in front of my face, it'd be fine. But my hair mm-hmm. is so fucking curly that like as soon as it gets long enough that like I can like start to conceal some of the some of the the thinning on the top of my face, it's uh. It's it just curls and it just looks like dog shit. So um, oh, you hate to see that. So it basically like if you grow it out long enough, it'll just start looking like Krusty the Clown. Yeah, I mean pretty much like like God really fucked me on the genetic side on this one. I got I got I think the that's worst. Actually Rick, I got the what's that? I think that would be Rick. Oh, Rick! Actually. Rick's got a full head of hair. It's my mom's side that doesn't have any hair. Oh, that's that's rough. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> it's just so brutal. It's so brutal. So. Um, yeah, I've been dealing with that. Uh, so I guess I'm just going to have to, uh, have a good personality and, and be in shape. So I'm, I'm fucked pretty much. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, <laughs> when are you going to start with that first one? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'm fucked. So, uh, yeah, that's my dumpster uh-huh. fire of the week, uh, is my receding hairline that has finally been noticed by other people. I would, I would like to throw out two, uh, just for a short output, uh, I th- two honorary dumpster fires of the week would be Tim Tebow's opinions on players getting paid. Yep. Uh, California's governor Gavin Newsom finally made a correct decision, and it's not something I ever thought I would say. And he decided to make it legal for uh, player uh, college athletes to be paid uh, to be able to get paid for their likeness. Uh, the only thing is that that's going to be struck down in the courts or challenged by the NCAA as hard as they possibly can, uh, because if that doesn't get struck down, then the entire NCAA business model will crumble. So, and then I believe you had, sorry, what were you going to say about that one? No. So, um, interest, yeah, interesting little tidbits coming out of California for time's sake, uh, I'm going to motion that we table this to next week's podcast, but um, I think we should we'll, we'll do a deep dive on next week's podcast on the the pluses and minuses, uh, especially from an economic standpoint. Maybe a a point counterpoint piece of uh, uh, you know, or or take one side or the other of whether it's good or not. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Okay, but, that's but uh, that's what we in the biz like to call a tease. So so, so yeah, uh, guess what, listener, tune in next week to hear us debate uh, the NCAA uh, payment plan. Because we're not going to want to talk about West Virginia football because we're going to get our dick kicked in. So, uh-huh. anyway. the uh, So, then you wanted to say something about uh, Travis uh, Clay Travis being a fraud? Yeah, I mean, he's just a fraud. That's it. That's all I had to say. I, what, what, was the, what was the thought? Of, like, what instigated Two, two weeks that? ago, he woke up on, sun, on Monday morning with a tweet like, I want the coach fired, I want the quarterback replaced, I want the GM fired. And I want the owner to sell the team. Other than that, everything's fine. And then last week, of what? And then the week after that, he just complete. He just continues to tweet this stupid tweet. Aloha, bitches! Every time Mark Mariota throws a touchdown pass, and all of a sudden he's back on the fucking Titans train. And he just needs to shut up. 
Just pick a narrative and follow it, Clay, you bum. Pick a fucking narrative and follow it. If you hate the quarterback, you hate the quarterback, but you can't play. Oh, he had a bad week. And then he, he sits on this throne and says, oh, uh, by the way, just a note for later in my outkick show, um, Mariota is the only starting quarterback to not turn the ball over in four games in the NFL. Like, dude, like two weeks ago, you literally didn't want him on the fucking team anymore. Shut up, Clay. Just shut up. Take your opinion Fun and fact. cram it up your ass. Fucking Fun lawyer. fact, Marcus Mariota is the only AFC quarter, starting quarterback from this past weekend to have beaten the New England Patriots. Hmm. Makes you think. Uh, within the last six years. Well, congr- okay, well, congratulations. Congra- uh, congr- congratulations also, on your dynasty. Marcus Marietta is not good in the NFL because he can't stay healthy and his initial take Clay Travis's initial take was actually correct and he just doesn't have the stones to stick to it. Yep. Uh, so yes, you're right he's a fraud. Uh, okay, so now moving on to the games. Let's start with the West Virginia game because I'm sure that you have the line up while I get my lines up. Oh, I got it up. I got it up and I, I love us this weekend. Plus ten and a half. Um, Texas down four starters in the secondary. Tom Herman <clears throat> pretty much overlooking. I, I don't know if Herman's overlooking it, but I know the Texas fan base is. Uh, getting reports like I'm hearing Texas fans say they should leave players at home to avoid injuries so they can be ready to go for Oklahoma. This is a classic trap game. I mean, just a classic. You could not have drawn up a better trap game for Texas coming into Morgantown. You get Oklahoma next week, next week in the Red River rivalry for Texas. Um, you get a bye week to prepare. So Texas, th- this could go one of two ways. Either Texas spent their bye week being focused, playing West Virginia, maybe doing a little prep for Oklahoma, but you know, focusing on West Virginia film, focusing on going on the road, first true road game for Texas this year. Uh, you know, they, they could have spent the bye week doing that, or they could have spent the bye week looking past West Virginia, studying Oklahoma film, trying to figure out how to stop Jalen Hurts. And because Tom and Her- Tom Herman's just a mental midget, uh, I'm going to go with the latter of the two. I think Texas overlooks us. Um, I It's plus 10.5. I, I, I'm i going to the game. West Virginia is going to be rocking. I, I'm expecting the stadium on Saturday to be as lively it is, as it has been in maybe a decade. Um, maybe going back to LSU, I think, is, is a level I'm going to put it on in terms of how hype the game is going to be. Um, as long as we hang in there. I mean, if Texas comes out and puts up four quick touchdowns, atmosphere is going to suck. But uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, West Virginia, I think, is going to be prepared. I, I have all the faith in the world in this coaching staff to come to take this bye week, get regrouped, get healthy, and, and develop a game plan to come out here and beat the Longhorns. So we're plus 10.5. I love that, that, that plus 10.5. Uh, go ahead. You know, those are all great reasons uh, for why West Virginia is a good pick and taking the points. I'm taking Texas. I think that we are going to get absolutely fucking stomped. They just have so much more talent than we do. And you can say that... And, and this very easily could be a trap game. You could be completely right. But at, one po- at some point, it just gets... Uh, 
being the worst, having worst players on the field will come to bite you. They, our offensive line Ian. is played better, but they Ian. still aren't good enough to compete Ian. against this. this. Ian, their, their secondary is ranked 124th in the country, and they're missing four I, starters. I don't care about their secondary if our offensive line can't hold their defensive line for two seconds. It doesn't matter uh, what their secondary okay. is. All right, whatever, man. I'm just saying. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, if, if, if the offensive line, the offensive line has played better. They've played better. Okay, they've played better. I'm, I'm just drinking. You know, my problem is I'm drinking the fucking Kool Aid. Um, the other reason I do like that ten and a half, twenty uh, percent of the tickets that line has moved in our in uh, in our favor. So somebody sees something there. A lot of sharp money on West Virginia so far. I'm not saying that that's a bad pick on your side. I think that 10 points is a good number. I think that it'll probably be 11 that they end up beating us by. We kick a field goal They had a, when they had a two-touchdown lead, that sort of thing. But the I just don't think that we have the talent to be able to beat them up front, and that's the big problem. I think that if we can give Austin Kendall time, then... Th- they will absolutely scorch the Texas defense. But I think that the Texas defensive line is good enough to keep is good enough to just abuse our offensive line after seeing what they what happened against the uh against Missouri a few weeks back. And just because they've been playing better doesn't mean that they're that, that didn't happen just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I just like to forget that ever happened. So, so I, I, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. We'll see. I hope I'm fucking right. Um, I hope you're right too. But we'll see. What else you got? Porn what, what are your other picks uh, this week? So my other picks this week. I'm trying to pick all of the uh, all of the ranked matchups. So Iowa at Michigan. Let's see what the line on that game is. Three and a half. Three and a half in favor of Michigan. Correct. I think that Iowa wins this game outright. Yep, I'm right there with I, you. I love Iowa. I, I think that Michigan just isn't – I just don't have faith in Michigan after how they've performed. Granted, they were able to win this past weekend, but I think that was against Rutgers, who's probably – who's always been in competition with Kansas for being the worst team in, in the Power Five conferences. Um I just I think Iowa is a good team this year, and I think Michigan is just its wheels are coming off, and I think that that's just going to be sort of the nail in that season in that team's coffin. Yeah, I think this is a little bit of a statement game for Iowa too. They could get, they get the chance to go on the road, beat a, a Michigan team that's well respected, but maybe not as good as advertised. Um, so yeah, plus three and a half. That line's moved from five to three and a half. Another reason I like Iowa in this game. Um, so yeah, I, I like uh, I like Kirk Ferentz to go in there and uh, and get shit done. Another ranked matchup: Michigan State at Ohio State. Uh, I don't even care what the line is. Ohio State is going to absolutely murder Michigan State. I will give however many points they're saying I have to give. Ohio State is going to absolutely demolish the Spartans. Now I have no action on that one, um, but I, I tend to agree with you that I, I don't see. I don't see D'Antonio's team putting up a fight. I think Michigan State's a little overrated this year, too. What is the line on that one, by uh, the way? I'll have to look I, it up. I honestly didn't check because it didn't, it didn't <laughs> it matter. It doesn't matter. I, who, who cares? <laughs> That's it. The stone-cold lock of the century of the week. 
Um, okay, and now it. the I'll find Auburn. It before we go there. We change. Okay, um, and I'll I'll look at the Auburn Gainesville. Okay, so Auburn, Florida, Florida. Uh, Auburn is the three point favorite going into Florida. This one's tough because I think the Florida Gators have a good enough defense to keep it close, but I think that Auburn is just such a better team that they're definitely going to be, I think that they're a definite pick to win the game, and with a line as small as three points, I think that you have to go with the Auburn Tigers because the odds of winning the game but not covering are just so small, so I'm going to have to take the Tigers in that one. Michigan State minus 20, by the way. But I'm going the other way on that game. That's another one of my picks this week. I, I think that's a sucker line. I think that's something that you're going to look at. Exactly, you're gonna, the, the average better is going to look at that line and do exactly what you did and say, this seems too easy. This should be an easy Auburn win. And, and that's why I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I don't know why. Florida, I think, is overrated. Um, you know, Dan Mullen is, is a pinhead, and uh, that offense – is on their backup quarterback. It's not like Felipe Franks was good. The, the Connor Trask guy is okay. I think he's better than Franks. But um, I, I like Florida to, to, to win this at home in the swamp. 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Um, so, so I'm taking Florida plus three, and I'll have a little money on that money line also. Yeah, that's this is probably the game that I'm least confident in my pick is this one just because I think that Florida's defense is just that good that they can make they can move mountains and really stifle the Tigers. Uh, now going to the NFL. Got a couple more Unless, college well, actually, picks. Actually, yeah, you, you pick these college picks while I'm pulling up the lines. Yep, so uh, a little Thursday night action. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday night action for all you degenerates out there at the bar. <clears throat> I, I just love Natty plus four over Central Florida. I think UCF goes down twice. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of an overrated UCF team come in Nippert on Saturday night. They painted that field black. I don't know if you've seen that. It looks fucking sick. Uh, so Daddy uh, plus four, one of my dog money line picks. And then uh, <clears throat> I like Western Michigan uh, plus two at home. They are playing. I lost it. Oh, I'm sorry. They're on the road. They're at Toledo. Uh, 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. Um, that line has moved from four to pl- from plus four to plus two. Uh, Western Michigan only getting forty three percent of the bets, so um, some another small dog. And then I've got a super dog. Um, you're gonna like this one, Ian. Guess it's it's a Big Twelve matchup. Uh, the line is thirty two. Can you tell me who's playing? I'm gonna guess it's Oklahoma Kansas. Oklahoma Kansas, and I I just love Kansas to cover this game plus thirty two. That line has moved from thirty five and a half to thirty two. 30% of the tickets on Kansas. I'm going to throw a little money on that Superdog plus 32. I think we see like a 40 to 14 game Kansas covers the spread. Oh, that one, I, anytime it's something like that, it's just too dangerous because that offense is good enough to put up that money points, but there's enough fight in Kansas where it could go either way. So that's what I like. Um, and then uh, let's go to NFL. Okay, so because this isn't going to be posted in time, I'm not going to be picking the Rams-Seahawks game, which is a shame because that's probably one of the best games this weekend. Oh, so we, uh, we got to pick that game so you just get it up on Thursday and we can send it out to, all, to our listener. Uh, you can fuck right off. <laughs> uh, so the first game I'm looking at is the Raven-Steelers game. 
Ravens are favored by three and a half. It's at Pittsburgh. I think that Mason Rudolph is utter garbage. I think that the secondary for the Steelers is utter garbage. The idea that this is only three and a half is insulting to the Ravens. I realize that they just got stomped by the Browns. But the Browns have a lot more talent than the Steelers do this season. And I think that the Ravens will want to will be in a pissy mood because of that game. I think the Steelers are riding high after getting their first win and just kicking the shit out of the Bengals. I think they're overconfident. I think the Ravens win by at least a touchdown, probably double digits. I'm going with the Steelers <clears throat> plus three and a half here. I like uh, I, I for all the reasons that you just said. I'm just going to say that I think this is another sucker line. Um, all the logic and reasoning says the Ravens should win this game by a million touchdowns. Line's only three and a half. I think that's pretty tempting to bet the Ravens there. So uh, I, I like the Stellars plus three and a half. I think Mason Rudolph will go out and at least just be a facilitator. And I, I think that defense plays well. I think um, Lamar Jackson maybe struggles a little bit, and uh, and we're going to see a, a closer game than you expect. So I don't know if they went out right. They could they could lose on a field goal. So I like that three and a half. Okay, up next I've got the Packers Cowboys, two three and one teams. Dallas is uh mine is a three and a half point favorite. I think that the the Cowboys performance last week against the Saints was not a, was kind of kind of concerning. I realized it was on the road, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and they have a defense that's as good, if not better, than the Saints defense and I think that there's a lot of concern in response to that and in response to the games last week the Packers are I, I, I'm taking the Packers in this give me the three and a half yeah, I've got no read on that so uh, we'll, we'll skip that game um, on my side and uh, I could probably I, I'd have to agree with you I, I think the Packers are probably the bet there plus three and a half but uh, I'm just not a believer in the Cowboys and I don't know if I ever will be until they win something. Um, That's fair. You know, but anyway, what else you got? And then the the last game is the 2-2 two and two Browns versus the 3-0 49ers on Monday Night Football. Um, the, 40, the 49ers are a 3.5-point favorite. Big show all day, 3.5 points. Um, I think they're on a roll. I think they got their swagger back. I think they got – their head down, nose to the grindstone a little bit more than before. Um, I love the I love the Browns here, plus three and a half. They may not win. I think it may be another field goal game, but they're going to keep it close and cover that spread. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, the 49ers, I'm, I'm, they haven't been super impressive so far. <clears throat> the only dominant games they've had have been against the Cardinals and the uh, Bengals, which were – two of the worst teams in the league. At least I think those are the two teams that they beat. I'll check on that while I'm just sort of rambling. But the Browns, they seem to have kind of figured out what they're doing on offense last week. Uh, and the the 49ers defense isn't that great. So, I, I mean, they're decent, but I don't think they're good enough to withstand the sort of onslaught that seems to be coming their way. Um, oh my bad. The team that they they gave up five fumbles against the Steelers and still managed to win last uh, their last game. So yeah, and then they kicked the shit of the Bengals and 
they beat the the Buccaneers, even though they were they've tried to lose two of the three games they've played so far. And if they try and pull that shit against the Browns, they're gonna get blown the fuck out. Yeah, give me the three and a half points. I think that this is when San Francisco gets knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten. So uh, the only other game I kind of circled as a uh, as as a pick that I thought was interesting on the line movement, um, the Raiders. Uh, the Oakland Raiders. They are plus five down from plus seven. You know what caused that line movement? What? Trubisky being out. So if Trubisky's out, the Bears are uh, worth about two points less. They go from minus seven to minus five. Um, I like the uh, I, I like the Raiders here. I, I think they I think they win this game. I, I would love nothing more than to watch Big Cat, uh, listen to Big Cat on Monday, have to break down why they lost to the fucking Raiders. So, uh, I don't know, man. A motivated Khalil Mack going in. He's forced to fumble in half of his games as a Chicago Bear. Do you have any idea how ridiculous of a statistic yeah, that it's, is? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know. Khalil Mack can legitimately cause the entire... Raiders offense to collapse on his own and he won't be on his own they have Akeem Hicks they have Eddie Jackson they have a fucking stout defense I don't expect Chase Daniel to light it up in fact I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 13 to 3 game but if they were able to do it against Dalvin Cook and the Vikings when they have a lot more talent on that team I think that they're gonna just beat down on the Raiders I'm excited to see the matchup, um, at least to see what Colin Mack will do in his return to Oakland. But uh, I don't know. I still like the Raiders a little bit. But that's all I got. All right. That's, uh, that's everything for this week. A very long episode because of some, some analysis that we gave on the conferences. You're welcome. A, uh, a, a month into the season. We'll probably do it again at the end of, the, at the end of October. So we get down to the final so, stretch. Uh, yep. So, just out of curiosity, are you uh, you excited for fantasy basketball and fantasy hockey to start up? Uh, pumped. Can't wait. I'm a, such a big fantasy hockey guy. You know me. Just love uh, chucking nucks and 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 you know watching guys shoot the puck at the net and you know offsides calls and yeah, hockey. Hell yeah. How's bro. uh? Just on a quick, just a quick question. Who's your favorite defender in the NHL? I, I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> um, um, PK Subban. There you go. Oh, that's actually a, that's actually a defender. <laughs> Suck my dick, Ian. I knew one. Damn it. <laughs> so. I was going to ask you, who's your favorite player? And you would have just said Ovechkin. So I had to pick an actual position. Yeah, PK, PK uh, Subban. So suck my dick. Um, best, def- best defender in the league, I think. We, we don't say that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, so I think that's all for this week. So I'm just going to remind our fan, uh, don't forget to fade the public. Fade the public. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.